Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please join us. At our affiliates, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, and the list goes on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com for all of your psychic and spiritual needs. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host, and this is the show where I gather the brightest, and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in both the spiritual and the paranormal community. And we talk about everything from is there a God to I'm pretty sure there's a Loch Ness Monster in my above-ground swimming pool. And my guest today is no exception to that. She's a wonderful, talented author, speaker, ufologist, paranormal survivor, all-around wonderful spiritual being in tune to the universe, and it's such an honor always to have her here. The wonderful Andrea Perrin is here. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to have you with me. Oh, wonderful to be with you. Wonderful to be had. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful to be had. You know, somebody's got to do it. Uh, I can't really somebody's think of a better way to spend an hour than with you. So, I mean, literally oh, can't I'm... think of a, a, a better thing to do. So. <laughs> I love that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. So are you doing well, sweetheart? I am doing much better and doing fine. Yeah, it's um it's been a time. And I think every it once has. in a while for our spiritual evolution, we have a time. And I put the time in finger quotes and yeah, it's been a time. It's been a time of growth. Really leading up to my 55th birthday, which I think is, you know, that's that five is change in numerology, right? So it's change and change. Yes. Yeah. And for me, it's really changed how I am dealing with energies, both living and non-living, moving forward, boundaries I'm setting, and just taking better care of me. Um, Good. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I'm I'm trying to uh, do the same thing, you know, just right, a little bit more self-care. We heal everybody else before we heal us, and it should be the opposite. The import, your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. is the most important relationship, right? It is. It is, because unless we're right with ourselves, then we can't really do a whole lot for other people. I mean, I know it's it's, it's very, very kind of a simplistic notion, and it's um, right on the verge of stating the obvious, and yet people forget, especially women forget, to take care of themselves because yeah. they're usually responsible for so many other souls. 
especially little ones. Yes. And, um, I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, how you raise a family these days. Uh, I give them all the credit in the world, all the credit in the world, because I have enough trouble keeping up with one little four-legged chihuahua. Um, yeah. And, you know, if I had a, a house full of kids, in the middle of a pandemic that had to go to school from home, <laughs> I'd be like, tell me now and get it over with. Uh. Right. You know, it's true. It's true. And it's interesting. It's even harder from a paranormal perspective, right? Because it seems like oh, the yeah. houses with the little ones are often the haunted houses. Yeah. Well, you know, have you noticed that through, I think we've talked about this before, but have you noticed how many people are coming forward and saying, you know, since I've been home for the pandemic, I've noticed my house is haunted. There's spirit all around well, yeah. me. Oh, I go outside and I see stuff in the sky I never saw before. And I feel pretty sure it's not ours. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing right. how many people are having paranormal experiences through this tumultuous time in our lives. And I really do think that, you know, there are proponents of the veil, quote unquote, you know, that insist that there is a veil between this dimension and the next and the next. And that they're like, you know, um, ethereal walls that block us from from one experience or another. And I just don't believe in that. I, I It has not been my experience. The veils exist, that they are just uh, uh, a human construct. Uh a way for us to, oh, kind of live in our little 3D shell um, rather than have to go through the effort of pecking our way out and seeing that we live in a much larger universe. Um, And this has been a time where people are going through enormous change. You know, there's not only has, the crime rate spiked, the drug abuse rate has spiked, the suicide rate has spiked, the depression rate has spiked. Uh, There's, you know, a lot of negative energy swirling in the world. And this is the time, I think, that it is most important for us to remember and to recognize and to acknowledge that we are all surrounded by spirit and that we each have our guides, whether we know them or not, and that we each have connections with the collective consciousness that we can use to um, counteract uh, what's happening, to be an antidote to the, to the toxins that are swirling in the ether and the environment of, of this planet right now and all of the um, negative energy that is just spewing forth. This is, I don't think there's ever been a more important time to address the notion of the existence of um, supernatural activity um, with beings that are no longer of the earth or never have been of the earth. And I'm referring specifically to our galactic family. Um, you know, some of them are around on the planet. That's a, that's a fact. That's the truth. Um, there's just been too many <clears throat> incidents and sightings and, uh, 
you know, people have had encounters on planet with beings <clears throat> who might look uh, like a homo sapien, but are not from here. Uh, and many, many people have had those experiences. And even if the encounter only lasts a moment or two, they never forget it. And there's a reason they never forget it. Because it was a point of contact. Um, we are changing. We are making making quantum leaps in consciousness as uh, as a race, as one human race. And we are... Uh, fast approaching, I believe, I have to believe this or I don't want to be here anymore. Um, We are fast approaching uh, the collective realization of oneness, that we are all together in this venture, that we are all one people, one family, one human race, and that it is incumbent upon us to nurture each other, to care for each other, to lift each other up, and to spread kindness and love in our wake wherever we go. And that will change the world. And that's what's happening, my dear, dear friend. People are coming into a new awakening, a new awareness. They're seeing their old reality with new eyes. And it is a process that is occurring with such frequency around the planet that it is in its own right, in process, raising the vibration of Earth at a time when it is imperative that we do so. I agree 100%. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the fitting of the they all is wonderful because it showing a lot of people who don't know how to reach beyond the three dimensions how to do so and, you know, touch a little bit of what's on the other side, as the Christians would say, touch the robe of Jesus. But so hard because now we're navigating a lot of non-living entities as well as navigating a lot of living entities. Yeah, it's getting more and more complicated with the realization complicates the situation. Yeah, because once we have that awareness that we are not alone, that we've never been alone, that we are utterly and completely surrounded by spirit at all times, when we dare to peer through into the realm, multiple realms in which we exist simultaneously, um, it's mind-bending it is mind bending and it's it's you know causing a lot of people to um to reassess their lives don't you think i mean i'm not saying that everybody that left a job and then just decided that wasn't their cup of tea and they want to live a a different way and go find another job and that they did that because they sensed that there was this, you know the presence of a ghost in their house I'm not saying that at all, but what I am saying is that to some extent, this um, awakening, this illumination, this period of of tumultuous change and upheaval is causing people to open themselves up in ways that perhaps they never have before and to think, to take time to go within 
to reach inside themselves and to make different determinations about the course of their lives and the path of their lives. And for those who have lost someone during this horrific pandemic, um, it is all the more uh, poignant because we're here to tell them that, yes, they have lost that loved one in the physical form, in the vessel, but that that loved one is still with them and around them and reach out and talk to them, communicate with them, open up that third eye with which to see their presence in your space, you know, to notice the signs of them, you know, occupying it with you. Uh, it is um, an extremely enlightening behavior when we focus on uh, connecting with uh, our loved ones lost. And it is ultimately the most inspiring thing that we can do when we, when we are in the midst of inconsolable and inconceivable grief. I agree. I agree a lot. Um, I noticed that since this Pluto return happened, and I know we talked about that yesterday on Raising the Vibration. Yes. Pluto and our sign in Greek astrology is how we wrestle with the darkness within and the darkness without, right? It's um, Yes. Pluto is the ruler of the underworld, right? So it's how we fight our darkness. Mm -hmm. And um, this return, returns always make everything heightened and insane. And um, it's always about life lessons. And I think on a personal level, we're learning that. I, I find that interestingly enough, during this Pluto return, passed over loved ones, past loved ones that have stayed as guiding spirits, spirit guides, mm-hmm. the angelic source, universe God, whatever you want to call source, mm-hmm. they've all stepped back a little bit. This is a time where yeah. they're really letting us sort of figure our own stuff out. And I think that's a very interesting thing that I have not experienced in all of my time of consciously tapping into the beyond that mm-hmm. messages from spirit and spirits to people are very blunt and people who watch my live videos where I do reading mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. have noticed in the last couple of months that my readings have gotten very blunt but the messages I'm receiving now are very much about change. You know, how long are you going to... I just had a client before I did the show today. Uh, how long are you going to put up with this bad behavior from somebody that you care about? How long are you going to continue to put yourself last? How long are you going to not be proactive in your own life but allow others to let you put them first and you know what and I see it in my own life and so it's become glaringly apparent to me that I often do that as well so I think when Mm -hmm. people are like you know oh used to be you know when I tapped into grandma 
she just talked about cookies. And now she's telling me not to put up with the shit from my husband. Well, you know what? Everybody from beyond, and I would imagine you tapping into the off-worlders the way that you do. I don't tap into off-worlders the way that you do because um, I don't want to. Um, I mean, I do when I need to for projects. <laughs> I don't want to. I Are you afraid, cat? Sometimes I find the off-worlders scare the shit out of me, yeah. Because I've had too many family encounters where they've come a little too close, and I I don't want to yes. wake up one day on a ship with a probe in my butt. Um, oh, but I God. Do oh, you've been... What? You've just been, you've been watching too many Netflix movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I woke up one night and they were all around my bed and it uh, it freaked me out a little bit. And so um, when I get an off-world message, I take it to heart, but I don't go looking for them because I don't really want to wake up and have them all be standing around my bed anymore. Um, but the message is very much, I would imagine, when you're tapping into the angelic, into the off-worlders, are very much like the angelic messages because I think they're very similar that I do get and the universal messages that I get, which are a little more, a little more no nonsense than they even were in the past, right? They're really saying, now is the time to be your best you. Yeah. Is that what you're getting from Offworlders now? Yeah, well... <laughs> What I'm getting from them is, uh, you know, just I'm, I've been getting some pretty intense messages lately, including one that uh, I mentioned to you just recently, uh, the morning of uh, February 24th, and the message, you know, just like six hours before the war began. And uh, mm. I was asking for them to, and, and knowing better than to do it, Still feeling such a sense of urgency, I, I went outside in the morning and I asked if they would please intervene on our behalf. And I got a very clear, very succinct message, probably the clearest I've ever received. And the message was this verbatim. If we are here, this planet and its people are in crisis. We are here. And, you know, very simple um, I may have read a little too much into it, but I don't think so. I think implicit in the message is we are here to help, but they cannot intervene on our behalf. You know, there's just right. so much they can do because this is our journey, not theirs. Our enlightenment, our spiritual ascension, and they are predominantly observers and so it's rather frustrating for me. But, you know, on the other hand, I got to tell you, I have zero fear. And maybe it's just because I've had so many experiences that um, I just have zero fear of them. I've never had um, an even remotely frightening experience with them. And so... Uh, you know, I, I welcome them into my life, into my world, into my home, into my space, 
uh, at all times. They're always welcome. I'm never alone. There's always, I have sightings every day, every single day, usually in broad daylight because, you know, I'm not out nearly as much um, late at night. Although I do go out about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning virtually every night um, because my little dinky dog wants to go for a W-A-L-K. I can't say the word because she's sitting right here. And if I said the word out loud, then, you know, I could not actually continue with the interview. Um, but, uh, I, I absolutely, I have no fear of probes. I have, there's no probing going on. Um, but there is healing going on and they have, um, helped me several times over the course of my life when I was in some kind of trouble. Um, and they helped and they alleviated it. And so, you know, some people would say, well, you know, isn't that intervention? And I suppose, yes, it is. But the way that they intervene is on an individual basis. It is not, um, it is not a, a global phenomenon in terms of making their presence known to everyone uh, simultaneously. It is, You know, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have the same kind of connective tissue with them that I do. Um, And so I'm not unique in that way. It's just the way that I uh, react to it, respond to it, welcome it. Um, When I, I I am literally happiest when I'm in fifth dimension and beyond. I am literally happiest when I no longer feel tethered to the oppressive 3D weight of planet Earth, when I feel like I'm um, traveling in mind, traveling in spirit, traveling um, in, in ways that are uh, truly, truly inspiring to me. So I have no fear at all of them. And I hope that yours subsides because you are connected to them as well. Um, not only do I know that from them, I know it from you. Yeah, I, don't I do. Know I know that. Why. Yeah, yeah. Yep, this is, I know this good girl. Hold on just a second, honey. Talk for a moment, okay? Just talk for a moment while I convince yeah, I my father I'm to take my dog out. Okay. <laughs> I certainly right. know that I'm connected to them since the time I'm the first time a visitor came. I was one year old, so I am well aware that I am connected to them. I am also um, well aware that they have been around my mother. My mother believes she was a repeated abductee, so it's something. And then uh, when I was about 40, I woke up one night and I know I was awake because I could hear everything going on outside at the pool outside my window. And uh, they were standing around my bed in little lab coats doing their thing. So um, I certainly know that I'm connected to them. I, I wish I felt more comfortable with that, but I, uh, I'm getting there. So... Um, it's a little it's a little scary when you wake up and and something is you know a bunch of little guys are standing around your bed with 
little clipboard-looking things, making notes. You know, it's a it's a strange feeling. So I'm I've dealt with everything in my life, from darkness to demons to uh, all kinds of cryptozoological stuff to earth spirits to interdimensionals. Uh, my mom was a my mom was a visitor. She had visits from Hatman. I've seen a lot of things in my life. But waking up that morning with those little guys all around me, that was a that was a lot. So I'm I try to make peace with it. I try to communicate and say, you know what, I love y'all, but please don't hang out around my bed because it's too much. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had um I've had things happen to me. I, I've written about them. I've shared them. I've talked about it publicly for years. Um, uh, things that were wrong with me that I didn't even know that were wrong with me. Um, and yeah. I had a, a visitation that healed me. One I have no recollection of at all other than the bright flash of light in my bedroom as I laid down. Uh, and it was years and years ago, probably 12, 13 years ago. And I was in a lot of pain. I had pain in, in the left side, the upper left side of my belly. I mean, very severe pain. Like, I knew something was really, really wrong. And I was writing my books, and I had no money, and I had no health insurance. And I had already burned through my savings working on the books. And um, and I wasn't done yet, and the movie wasn't out yet, and, the, you know, there was, like, I was just uh, living by the grace of my family uh, with food on the table and a roof over my head. I was literally broke, um, and there was an intervention on my behalf, and I woke up the next morning, and my belly was really itchy uh, up in that uh. quadrant of it. Um, uh, it burned it was really itchy, and there were three puncture wounds in the perfect shape of a triangle. Um, and I came out of my bedroom, and I lifted up my jammies and said, Mom, you know, I was living with my mother at the time and my sister Christine, and I was like, Mom, what do you see? You know, because I really couldn't see. The mirror in the bathroom was too high. I couldn't see, um, you know, what was going on. And she, she just looked at me, and she just she said, it looks like you've been tagged for a pickup. And um, I said, I think it already happened. You know, whatever happened, whatever was wrong with me was gone. It was over. It was done. Mm-hmm. Now, and I've since been in a position where I could go have a physical and there's no sign of, of anything being wrong in that part of me at all. And uh, and I was I was terrified. I was terrified. I thought, you know, I'm 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 too young to die. You know, I'm too young to and and I shouldn't live in a country where you can't go to the doctor because you don't have money. You know, there's got to be a better way. We got to figure out a way to do something. You know, so that people don't die from poverty. You know, and um, and fear of a doctor bill. You know, it is, uh, it's just un, unacceptable in the richest country in the world. It just is. Uh, so uh, I'll put that soapbox away and come out and bring my other one out. Um, so it was, uh, it was, okay, I got my ET soapbox out now. They are here to help us and they love us. 
and the yes. fear mongering and the uh the the baiting that goes on um from a wide variety of people, not just the government but a wide variety of people uh that work um on the periphery that you know are literally feeding misinformation to the public on the subject, which is you know that's not a recent phenomenon that has been going on for the last seventy plus years. Uh, you know, and we're just starting now to break through. And the reason that we're starting to break through in terms of people's conscious understanding that we are not alone, we have never been alone, and that we are loved, um, is um, finally taking a little bit of a foothold. And I am proud to be a part of that awakening for humanity. Uh, and I don't care who says I'm batshit crazy. I don't care, not at all, not not even a little bit, because this is my life, and it's been uh, an extraordinary experience. I have been a contactee for more than 50 years, so this is not new for me. Mm. But yeah. now I have the courage to share it, you know, in the last decade or so. I've begun really sharing my experiences um, to the dismay of some members of my family who would really prefer that I not talk about my little friends. And my immediate response to that is, first of all, they're not so little. Second of all, um, you think I'd be taken more seriously writing about dead people than talking about the sentient, prescient beings who are circumnavigating this globe in numbers that no one can wrap their heads around. And you think that I'd be taken more seriously talking about dead people. And, you know, basically the response to that was yes, which is why in my trilogy of books about the farmhouse where I grew up, House of Darkness, House of Light, uh, there isn't a single word in 1,500 pages about the extraterrestrial presence at the farm, which I encountered within the first year of living there. I had just turned 13 when it happened. Um, and I don't, I, I, it's my first conscious contact, Sheena. Uh, we've talked about this before. I know I had prior contact. I was just too young to understand what was happening doesn't yep. mean that it didn't occur. And even too young to remember going back that far. Um, but all those seeds were planted and I was properly prepared to receive uh, the certain knowing that we are not alone the, uh, in, this, in this big, beautiful universe that is teeming with life forms teeming with life forms, some of them sophisticated enough, technologically advanced enough to be able to traverse uh, an an infinite universe to get to us when we are at a point of crisis, and they are here. They are here. They are among us. They are making their presence known to multitudes of individuals. 
and cumulatively, we are all working together, yourself included, to raise the vibration of this planet that is done in tandem with them, infusing humanity with crystalline light. Some people are aware of it. Most people are not. But And I don't even know if you have ever seen it, but there is a light grid that is all around Earth, all oh, around us. And yeah. if you... I have have seen you seen it. the light grid? I've seen it in my mind's eye when you and I were making that film in Joshua Tree. I saw it with my actual Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I live in the a city grid. where it's very difficult to see anything with your actual eyes. Yes. Well, I'm very fortunate that I live on an enormous lake. So there is no light above the lake. Um, and I can, I have, uh, oh, uh, what a seat at the front of the theater I have. It's amazing. And they yeah. seem to really love Lake Popka. I mean, there are numerous sightings over Lake Popka, you know, very frequent. I'm not the only one that sees them, but I see them wherever I go, wherever I am. Um, and I can even, I've figured out a way to circumvent uh, residual light. I have figured out a way to uh, introduce others to them um, that allows them to have experiences on an individual basis, even when we're, you know, all gathered together. Mm-hmm. No, oh, I'll take. And uh, you know, so it's it's just been uh, a gift. And we talked about this out in Joshua Tree. You know, I told you then if not before, that what I do, you know, whether it be helping others open their third eye or uh, introducing them to the galactic family or, you know, making some connection with spirit through them, uh, which happens occasionally, not like you. I don't, I don't do what you do. I can't do what you do. I don't want to do what you do. Um, I think that it would be, for me, it would be, it would be exhausting. Yeah, it for me it would be exhausting. I know that it would be. You know, I'm not a channeler. I'm really much more of uh, what some people would call a conduit. Like stuff comes through me and goes to others um, as need be. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, we each serve our own unique individual purpose. We're each on our own mission. It, but it's just it's all the same mission. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, now let me ask you this, and I say this with so much love because I have so much love for you. Um, is there ever a? Have you ever encountered an off-worlder that was not positive? No, I have not. Okay. No, I have not. Now you know, it, okay. and that doesn't mean that I don't believe. Uh encounters that others have had you know everybody's experience is just as valid as the next as long as they are being honest about it if part of them being honest about their experience was that it wasn't so positive and that it was maybe pretty scary and they really really want to make sure that it never happens again you know i've had people say to me i never 
want to go to bed again. I never want to close my eyes. I never want to sleep again. I never want to experience anything like that again. I was not on earth when this happened. You know, and they're adamant. They're absolutely certain that they were somehow transported from this plane of action to another plane of action and their experience there, if they were allowed to remember it, shook them to the core. I am never going to say, yeah, they're making that shit up. You know, I'm never going to say that because it's actually my job to assess their story and their sincerity telling it and to let them know, to, you know, affirm their experience and to let them know that I believe them. You know, I've only had a couple of people in my entire life that have fed me a line of BS. Literally, you know, I can almost always tell if somebody's being disingenuous. Um, It's just a, a, a trait that I possess. I can tell if I'm being lied to. I feel it in my gut. It's visceral. Um, and uh, I've only been fooled a couple of times in my whole life by people who were very good at misrepresenting themselves. Uh, but for the most part, uh, when people tell me their, you know, their intimate stories of contact and, and you know, spiritual experiences that they've had or uh, galactic family experiences that they've had, I'm often the first person they've ever told because they're so afraid to be belittled and to uh, be dismissed as, you know, somehow <laughs> not playing with a full deck. You know, I mean, it's it, it's awful, but it's true. You know, people are um, are afraid to speak their truth because they are so afraid to be rejected. And I just won't do that to anyone. I will not. I try every way I know how to validate their experience, to acknowledge that it changed them in a fundamental way, that it altered them, that it um, brought them into a, a heightened uh, sense of self or there was you know, a moment of epiphany or illumination or transcendence. You know, these are life-altering experiences when they occur. The the saving grace for humanity is that they are occurring with countless millions of people around the planet. And I think there's a reason for that. And again, don't care who thinks, you know, this is nuts or not. I don't. Um, but I do believe that there are hybrids among us, that there are human beings that are mostly human beings, but that they also have other genetic traits and and that they, you know, kind of come from elsewhere. And I count myself among them. And it took me more than 50 years of my life to be able to say those words out loud and not feel um, uncomfortable doing so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't um I don't encounter a lot of negative stuff when I tap in. I know it's there. Sometimes if I'm tapping into someone's loved one and the whole familial pod kind of comes. Yeah. I can feel that are surly or haven't learned their lessons or aren't doing well. 
But I don't um I don't acknowledge them. I just ignore them and I don't tap into the dark energies at all. Mhm. I don't either. In I fact, I think the dark energy stays away from me cuz it doesn't dare come around me. It just doesn't. And, and it just doesn't. Around my bed, they, were, they were not malevolent in any way. They were obviously mm-hmm. doing something medical. Our good friend, Mona Lisa Phillips, told me when I first met her, she didn't even know what had happened. She said, tell me mm-hmm. about your off-world encounter. And it had just happened. <laughs> she said they removed something. Something was bad, and they took it. And the truth was yeah. that when I had my hysterectomy, you know, my reproductive system basically was the spawn of Satan. And when it finally yeah. went to hell, when I was 45, um, my troublesome ovary, I had lost one ovary and tube when I was 20, and I actually lost the good one. The troublesome one stayed. They couldn't find it. And the doctor looked for 45 minutes and could not find the ovary anywhere. And he said, well, sometimes they just uh. evaporate. You know? Um but she said they took something. Is something is something missing? Because they took it. Because it was going to be trouble. And um, yeah, I think it came and they took that ovary before it became trouble. And I, trouble usually starts with a C, right? And uh, yep, I I think they came and they took it out because they were they had little like lab coats on and they had little clipboards and they were small. They were maybe, um, I don't know, maybe three feet. They, their little, uh, like their little, where their little breasts would be was right at the end of the bed, at the height of the bed. So they're just their little head and shoulders popped up over the bed. And there were a lot Mm -hmm. of them. And the room had a, um, a very strange glow. It had kind of a reddish glow to it. Mm -hmm. And so probably I was part where they are and they were part where I was, you know? Yeah. At the same time, I could hear my neighbors at the pool listening to music and splashing around and laughing and doing all the stuff that was going on when I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was all still going on out there. This music was still playing. They were still laughing. So it, it hadn't been that long. It didn't take very long for them to get rid of it. But yeah. um, it it freaked me out. It 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 freaked me out. Um, I'm so grateful. Like they're so they're like having yeah. health insurance and not having to pay for it. As far as I'm concerned, exactly. you know, I'm so grateful exactly. for say, their inter, intervention. Come, yeah, I wish they'd come fix my neck tonight because I threw my neck out. I think probably from carrying heavy suitcases when I was in Palm Springs, and it's just mm-hmm. it's bad. They would come and fix the disc or whatever's going on. Just ask. Please. Just ask, but then you don't want a visitation. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's it's, that's. They're going to fix (laughs) something. Just tell them that you want them to come fix your neck, but you just don't want to have any memory of it. You know, that's the perfect way to communicate with them. Just tell them, you know, don't freak me out. Just do what you have to do. Thank you so much. I thank you so much in advance. I appreciate you. Uh, do whatever you need to do. I've got this issue right here. You already know that. And do whatever you need to do to fix me, but please don't allow me to have any memory of the intervention and and no pain associated yeah. with it. 
and they will honor your request. They will, you know, and, and there are, I mean, I've heard so much from so many people about uh, visitations. I don't call them abductions. I think that there's such an incredibly negative and fear-based connotation to that word um, that I call them visitations. Um, Neither do I call the galactic family aliens. I think that that's, you know, almost insulting. They're no more alien to this planet than we are. Um, So, you know, that said, you know, working in my chosen vernacular around this subject, uh, I think that it is um, imperative that we open our hearts and our minds to them and allow them to help us when they can. And as I said before, this happens on an individual basis, and every time it happens, it is um, in some way a revelation to the person that it's occurring to. Um, you, if you if you, let me put it to you this way, my darling, if you hadn't remembered seeing them, we couldn't have this conversation in such a fulsome and robust way because you wouldn't have a memory Absolutely. of having that happen. Absolutely. So even it's if it shook share, you. And I'm not, I'm not upset that it happened. You know, I grew up in a very, like you did, a very active, mm-hmm. negative haunted house. I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and see things. And all the spirits yeah. that I deal with and all the spirits of loved ones, when I tap into them for clients, I always tell them when the session is done, do not come and visit me at night. I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and see you stand in my room. I don't oh, tell happy the to have the story. <laughs> sorry? Uh, I hear you. I hear you. No, the you know like, I mean? uh, clock don't want story, your clock that was dead. Right. My mind's eye is fine, but I don't want to see you with my eyes. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to wake up and see a bunch of scary stuff because it triggers childhood stuff, and I don't need that triggered. So. Yeah, yeah, childhood trauma is the gift. Friend's house, and I thought, well, I'll turn all the lights off in my friend's house and just be bold because, you know, I don't uh-huh. ever sleep alone with lights off, but I have been, spent the last couple of years sleeping at my girlfriend's place with the lights off, although, and honestly, there's two big salt lamps there, so it's not like it's completely dark. So I thought, you know, when I yeah. turn, it was like full moon, there was light coming in from the window. I thought, I'm going to turn the lights off and just go to sleep. And I'd probably been asleep about 15 minutes, and I heard, well, hello. And I woke up, and I'm like, I'm turning that fucking light back on. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> as soon as I'm in the door, and I think it was probably my friend's dad who passed in this house. It was very jovial. It was not anything negative. I mm-hmm. just... Um, I, you know what? I just don't, it's not my thing. So I just, uh, I sleep with a light on and that seems to keep that at bay. And, um, and that's my own stuff from childhood, right? We all have our own stuff from, if I'm in a haunted location, if I'm making a film, if I'm doing a television show, bring it on. I'll look at all of it. But when I'm in my own Mm -hmm. space and I'm sleeping and I'm vulnerable, I don't want to wake up in the yeah. middle of the night and see every celestial Tom, Dick, and Harry partying in my room, you know? Yeah. Other parts of where yeah. I am, that's fine. I've been in hotels. 
where the hotel was haunted as can be, and then knock, knock, knock on my door. I open the door. There's nobody there. And I'll say, look, you know what? I acknowledge you're here, and it's totally okay, but I, I really don't want to see you, and I really don't want to hear you because there's just so much of it in my life that I need to have mm-hmm. a respite from it, you know? Sure, of course. But yeah, if the little guys want to come fix my neck, that's totally okay, but I, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and see a bunch of little guys at a chiropractic table. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's kind of not how they do it anyway. I have nothing against chiropractic. I swear to God, it has saved my life. But um, I do have a very good chiropractor who puts me back together again when I go all Humpty Dumpty, usually after a very long and exhausting trip, like the one we took to Joshua Tree. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't wait for that film to be released. I can't wait, and I know it's well underway. Oh, that's wonderful. Do you think there's still going to be the second part? Are we filming somewhere else, do you think, or do you think they decided not to do that? I don't know because I have not spoken with the producer since Christmas. Um, But I will reach out to her and find out uh, what she wants to do and when she wants to do it. Or if she wants to do it, you know, I mean, they yes, they filmed so much over those few days. It seems to me yeah. they've got about at least 24 hours in the can, and they can whittle that yeah. down to a two-hour documentary without supplemental yeah, I, material. I think the supplemental material might become another film altogether. I think so, too. That would not surprise yeah. me. And I need a nice road trip, and I have least miles on the car, so I'm rocking and ready. <laughs> oh, I love that I've car. I've always planted. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I yeah, do. Who, who knew that you would love that car so much? You're, you're an interesting girl. Well, yeah, girl. especially because well, it's, it's so low to the ground that um, – uh-huh. You know, I'm used to always being in a van or an SUV or, you know, something that I have to step up into, uh, mostly, um, is what I've been driving for years and years. So something that's that low to the ground takes uh, a little bit of adjusting, too, um, and I feel like I can, you know, feel everything as cushiony as its struts are and, and all of that. I still... I feel the ground more in your car, but I also mm-hmm. feel very grounded in your car. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's mm-hmm. just from being with you. <laughs> you know? Yes. I don't know, but uh, it was just, you know, riding around in a vehicle that fancy, uh, unlike anything I've ever been in. I mean, you know, I'm all thrilled that I've got a Dodge Journey or my old Pontiac van, uh, you know, I mean, just uh, all beat to rat shit and, and, you know, too many miles on it, and I just keep going and going and going, and then I replace it with another used car. Um, I'm just not um, I'm not used to having, uh, you know, first of all, driving in that kind of a luxury vehicle. Um, but uh, it's just uh, a whole different style, a whole different vibe, a whole different – it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to be yeah. in your beautiful Mercedes sedan. Yes. But yeah, how do we get on that from, from 
yeah. <laughs> I will tell you one thing, though, when I travel, <clears throat> whenever, <clears throat> whenever I travel, um, I do, I have this little that I do, um, especially when I'm having to make a long road trip, like if I'm traveling from my home in Florida to my mother's home in Georgia, which is seven hours door to door, if the traffic is sane. Um, and, um, when I'm getting ready to leave, I say, oh, dear God, great spirit, um, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, all the saints, all the sinners, all the angels, all the demons, all the incorruptibles, all of the galactic family, get in the car, we're going for a ride. Um, and they're nice. my security detail. <laughs> it's my, my, my protective bubble, you know so that I can make it from point A to point B. Uh, and, you know, I've had some really close calls um, making that trip. I mean, some really close calls. I almost ran head headlong into a car that was coming off the, um, the exit uh, and using it as an entrance onto the Florida Turnpike. And I don't know if the driver was exhausted or impaired. I don't know what happened. And I don't know how I did not have a head-on crash as I rounded the corner to the Okahumka service area on the Florida Turnpike because I was in the high-speed lane and I was doing probably 65 or 70 miles an hour. And I rounded the corner and there were two headlights directly in my eyes. And I don't know how I swerved away from that car. I felt the wheel move. I don't remember consciously moving the wheel. And my father didn't have time to react at all. I was driving. He was the passenger. And he he couldn't even say anything. He couldn't even say anything. It It happened so fast. And the instant that I made it past that car, I immediately looked in the rearview mirror because I thought I was going to see a head-on collision directly behind me. Meanwhile, he's on, um, you know, 911 telling the Florida Highway Patrol to shut the highway down. And they did. They did. They shut the highway down until they could get that wrong-way driver turned around and come to find out that uh, a friend of mine, who I believe you met when we were together years ago on the Queen Mary, I think, in... uh, 2017 um, was uh, one of my friends was there. Well, she was driving unbeknownst to me, was driving about five miles behind me on her way back to Miami, which is where she lives. And she called me that night and she said, because I had posted about it on Facebook and what, you know, an incredibly close call it was. And she said, oh, so it was your dad that saved countless lives by having them close down the highway because that guy was all over the highway and everybody, um, you know, got a notification on their phone or there were, you know, they have those big, big signs that hover over the highway, uh, wrong way driver, um, move to the right, stop, you know, and they shut that highway down within minutes they did and no one lost. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, we just lost Sandra. We are completely out of time, um, but I'm so sorry we lost her. Please find her on Facebook, and her community is Buttercup Brigade on Facebook. 
you can find me at chinametalspiritual.com for all your psychic and paranormal and and spiritual needs. I'm on um, everywhere on social media at Chena Metal. And until I see you next time, seek peace, uh, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration. I'll be on live paranormal video channel tonight in just a little while at uh, facebook.com slash paranormal. I love you all. See you next week. I'm Sheena Metal, and this is Haunted Playground every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time here on Live Paranormal's radio network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.